What's going on? This is Totally Blitz Podcast, the show with shots, smoke, and football. I'm Paul Pickham Winham Concha, the man with the big beard and even bigger bets. And as always, I'm joined by. Huh? Oh. Hey, what's cracking, young? What's cracking, young niggas? You know who it be. It's that boy, Kev. Water boy, some boy, aka Lil KK, aka the Dom PYE, aka the boy with the pearly whites and the clean man, because I got a haircut today. Some, somebody got a haircut. <laughs> but no, nah, man, we got to talk football with you, man. Fuck with you. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, man, fuck. hey, don't worry. There's some of the people are listening on, on the audio, so you get But, um, we here to talk football, and we here to talk that big shit because it's week fourteen, and it's about to go down. And only three more weeks until playoff football. Playoffs, playoffs. But um, you said you wanted to shake it up this week. Last week we did the segment with um the pretenders versus contender quarterbacks, and this week you had a little something to shake it up with. See, see, see. People don't know, right? So people be thinking that like. I'm all Falcons 100% of the time. It's because they're right. But I'm also a historian because what people don't know is that the Falcons are known for getting plays done on them. So, like, if you ever go watch somebody's highlight film, any generational player, any point at any point in time, you'll see a play on them against the Falcons. So watching film just lets me know, like, God damn, Matt, like, you know, see how many times I've watched film and be like, God damn, Matt Ryan, how you let him do that to you? Yeah. Little known fact, the only team to appear on every highlight film known to man is the Atlanta Falcons. I'm telling you, you didn't know that, but, like, I'm a historian, man. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Derek Jeter, New Yankee highlights, and they were the Falcons. I'm telling you, straight to, straight to left field on the straight to left field on the so I'm just sitting here like this is just like Tom Brady all over again. These men is at a goat. It's like, come on, Matt Ryan, you can't pitch that. <laughs> but nah, this week I want to talk about some shit that I feel like Pete doesn't get talked about because a lot of these people are still in the league. But let's talk the 2011 draft. Ooh, that's a banger. See, look, this is what crazy because it came up on my YouTube to, um, playlist the other day, so I just clicked on it because I wanted to, I didn't need something to smoke, so something to smoke and watch. But the thing about it was, I remember this draft. Like I remember being, I don't, I don't do no drafts for. I don't. That's not my. That's not my job. Like I don't have to pay attention to that stuff, even though it is important, very part of the league. But like, I'm more of a high school. I want to get the boys to the draft. I don't really give a fuck about the draft. But um. This shit was interesting because like they got a lot of names on this. But I remember being in um being in the car and hearing like oh Cam Newton just went number one overall. And I was like, all right, cool, that's straight. But um them boys really had some names and some real hitters from one all the way to one hundred. Like really two hundred, three two. I don't even know how many people in the draft, but really one to two hundred from one two to two hundred, like. Them boys went crazy. 
What do you do? You remember anything from the 2011 draft? Oh, bro, I remember some bangers. First off, one of our best players ever, and like this is one of the you know how O line never gets the shine that they should get. But one of the best Dolphins players ever was Mike Pouncey, the center little brother to like Michelle Pouncey. You remember the Pouncey brothers? Brothers, but. That man, we drafted him that year, and typically we cannot, we never get it right with big man offensive linemen. So I remember him specifically, but the one thing I also remember was I don't even you remember that they were uh, on a lockout th- uh, th- that year. They didn't sign the CBA yet. They were really threatening to not let people play to the point that since they were locked out, franchises were not available, were not allowed to trade their players. Uh, you could trade your picks, but you couldn't trade like, oh, let me get the first pick and I'll trade you my defensive tackle and my fourth pick. Like, no players are allowed to be traded. Only picks are allowed to be traded. And once players were drafted, you couldn't trade them because of the fact that the lockout was still going to happen. Like they didn't allow any of those business moves to be made. So once you drafted that player, that was on your team. That's just crazy. Shit's crazy. This was like a real, this is going to be like a spot in history that, that's not I want to say not getting talked about, but it's gonna look over like, oh wow, like that really happened. Yeah, and um my favorite thing in this whole draft, I actually didn't know this, so I'd look back and like did some digging into it. The Ravens drafted um Jimmy Smith with like the 27th pick, but they really had the 26th pick and they ran out of time. So the Chiefs moved up a pick and they and the Baltimore moved down one, and the Chiefs drafted like um Jonathan Baldwin some nobody and Jimmy Smith uh, who's still on the Ravens today. So like that pick worked out well for him, but I thought that was pretty cool. Cause I've never seen someone run out of time. And this was one of the first years they did a 10 minute draft block. So not like right. they didn't time. Imagine how crazy that war, that draft room is. Like imagine the beef, the wars, like, no, we're getting blah, blah, blah. No, we're getting blah. Cause you couldn't really go wrong in this draft. So it was just like, you really were going in that going. They was in that bitch going mad, and they it got a, a lifetime player that they that they've been on their team forever, fan favorite, probably people remember and love. And that means if he played on twenty eleven, that means he was on the team that won the Super Bowl. If my um, if I got my years mixed up, I think you're right. I think he was a rookie the year they won it. Yeah, so that means he was there for that. So that's lit. That boy is like a real long, time. and they got that in like. They almost did it. Like they could have fucked all that up. Chiefs could have took Brown, kept it moving. But you know, the Chiefs needed a receiver that they probably didn't throw a touchdown to at that time. Yeah, they. I bet he was killing shit on the practice squad. But not. Nah, hey, so tell us about the top ten though. The top ten went crazy. Yeah, top ten. This is probably one of the most, if not the most, talented top ten I've ever seen. Probably the best defensive top ten I've ever like. When it comes to this defensive talent, this this the whole draft was just crazy. But the first overall pick, everyone knows. You already said earlier was Cam Newton. Just just came off his Heisman. This won the national championship one year uh, after being from JUCO. Like a crazy success story. After two years after being over here in Gainesville, you left behind Tim Tebow. Which you know, it's funny about that. People in um Florida. People at UF knew everybody in Gainesville knew Cameron was way better than Tim Tebow, but like that was Urban Meyer's boy. And it's funny when you fast forward to like this offseason, everybody knew Tim Tebow didn't have it, but hey, that's Urban Meyer's boy. And that is our, and I, before, I just wanted because you reminded me, 
the James Robinson going to the bench and Carlos Hyde becoming the getting more touches. Someone reminded me he went to Ohio State and Ohio and Carlos Hyde is really Ur- Urban's boy, so he has a tendency to do that. But yeah, Cam Newton. My favorite single line when reading any of these scout reports, and none of them else said it other than Cam's, was there was no single player in the NFL to compare to Cam Newton. And I was just like, wow. Like, that was how, like, game, like, you people can hate, people can say what they want. He wasn't a great thrower, this and that. Um, But, hey, that's just, no one else can say that. Um, But he was, uh, they claimed that he wasn't going to get defensive coordinators problem running like Vic did, which I think is a bold-faced lie, looking back at it. He, he that was his biggest weapon. He broke the rookie. He broke the record for um rushing quarter rushing touchdowns as far as quarterback as a rookie. Yep, but he was uh, 2015 MVP player, offensive player of the year, 15 and one that same year. They lost the Super Bowl to Von Miller and the Broncos, who we'll talk about more. He was a one-team All-Pro player. He made the All-Rookie team. He was Rookie of the Year, and he holds two records. The most running touchdowns for a QB at 73 and the most in the season at 14. That's amazing. Like, he literally was everything they, they expected him to be. Like, he did his thing, college, NFL. He just didn't get the ring. He just didn't do an A.J. Hawk and get the college ring and the um, Super Bowl ring. But they was close. That defense was just way too much. But on the number two, the dude that he played in the Super Bowl, which is only the only time this has ever happened in history, the Super Bowl 50 MVP, Von Mother Chucky Miller. That boy is a truck. You got a dog, well, currently on the Rams, but you got a dog. You got a, how many Pro Bowls has he gone to? He's been to Pro Bowl eight times. Eight time Pro Bowler. And what was his scouting report? He was projected top five. He was, uh, what, he was already projected top five, but in the senior bowl, he was just the best player on the field. And uh, that kind of, they just like in the Super Bowl. He was the best player on the field. So when, when he's amongst other great stars, he, he's, his star shines brightest. And uh, so he, he went number two. He was undersized, but he had extreme athleticism. Warren Sapp did say, like, oh, even though he's 6'4", 250, not, even though he's not 6'4", 255, um, you can beat that when you have a great first step and elite speed, which is exactly what he's done his whole career. It is great, man. This is great. I got nothing but respect yeah. for that guy. He's a he's a three time all first team. Um, I mean first team all pro and four times second team. So seven times he was considered, if not the best uh, outside linebacker, number two. And he's second among active players with sacks at one hundred and ten. Say less, man. But like, what else was cracking, man? Who was number three? Like I said, this defensive picks were this absolute monster. Number three was Marcel Darius or Derry. Darius, I can't really say his last name. It's not spelled like how I want to say it, so I don't want to mess it up. Darius, Darius, that boy probably French. Maybe, but they compared him to Vince Wolfork in the middle, which is very similar. He was a big motherfucker, bro. He was strong. He's strong. He was three twenty, running a four nine, which nowadays doesn't sound crazy, but. That's 2011, there were not many 300-plus people running into the forest. And uh, he knocked out McCoy in the, uh, in the Rose Bowl and got a pick six. Oh, no, in the championship game, he knocked out Colt McCoy for Alabama uh, when he was on Alabama. And uh, so 
his stock flew, which is why you'll see someone ball out in those pro in those uh national championship games and they kind of move up a couple spots just like he did. That shit's crazy, man. And then you got Mother Trucking. At number four, you got AJ Green, which is scary because this is a draft that also has another great receiver. You know, I remember seeing this guy, so I was on the scouting report. Great one. But AJ Green was undoubtedly the best receiver at the league. Paul, can you tell us why though? Because they're comparing this man to fucking Larry Fitzgerald coming out of college. That's insane. This is probably he was like just played in the Super Bowl like three years before this, four years before this. Uh, what they said, he's the best prospect at his position in the past couple of years. They even predicted the Bengals are going to get him and probably dump T.O. or Chad Ochocinco because he was coming in as a rookie with those two vets to kind of take over their spot. And that's exactly what they did. Exactly. But um, what about the fact that Mother Trucking – damn, I was about to say something, and you made me remember T.O. for some reason. A.J. Green – was it about him making the Pro Bowls in his first seven seasons seven times? I think that's exactly what it was. That had to have been it. Cause... No, because he – and uh, I didn't know this because, you know, me and you both are kind of A.J. Green. We're a little lower on A.J. Green than what a lot of other people are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it has anything to do with Julio being in the same draft class with you, but – I just know I'm not the biggest on AJ Green because his footwork wasn't that isn't all that he kind of uses his athleticism a lot, and the funny thing to me was he uh it was kind of vice versa between him him and Julio scouting report. AJ Green was said to have the best footwork, and then uh house uh, Julio had bad footwork. Even though I think looking back at it, we all know it was the other way around. Facts. AJ Green was that dude and um. With that dude coming out of the draft, he had a great rookie season. Him and Andy Dalton really had chemistry. And that's not something you see lightly out of a rookie quarterback. And, like, it shows that the Bengals do that because they're doing that to this day with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. So it was real interesting that they did that, and it, and it worked as well as it did for as long as it did. But this next pick, though, I think he – I mean, I want to say steal because everyone's been great. But, like, hey, again, he was considered maybe the best guy in the draft to be able to get that number Definitely. Five. He was definitely the best athlete in the draft for being able, for being able to play multiple, multiple phases of the ball and excel as well as he did. And then being able to be as consistent and play these, that many great seasons as he did. Who are we talking about, though, Paul? The one and only Pat Pete. Come on, man. I don't even know his nickname, but that boy is just the truth. They claimed him to be the most surefire thing in this draft that was loaded with nothing but surefire things. He uh, he, he didn't even do his uh, pro day. He just did the combine. He did so good at the combine, he, he didn't do nothing for pro day. They said he was the best athlete in this draft. And, like, the Cardinals got us. Like you said, it wasn't a steal. But, like, the Cardinals, it was, like, to number five? Bet, I'm taking this, no problem. Because everybody went for something that they needed, which they did. He and, of, oh, continue my apology. And, like, he was the best athlete because nobody else would – the way he could return the, he could return on them. He had the speed and the recovery speed and the breakaway speed. And then the fact that he can run back kicks and the fact that he can score touchdowns on defense. Like, he was really that dude. Yeah. Uh, doesn't that kind of minus the special teams, but like the way they're getting their best athlete and one of the best defenders by far, 
Then that kind of remind you of uh, Mika Parsons. How they took, like, when he was going into draft, he was considered the best probably defensive player, but everyone went to what they need, and he kind of fell all the way down to, like, now he's just an immediate plug-in player. And I'm not going to say Parsons is going to go on and do what he did, but it's almost a similar scenario where, like, you can't be mad at the picks in front of them because people got what they needed. But, damn, they really did just get the best athlete in the whole draft. Nah, dead ass. Like, same thing with the Patriots and Mac Jones. Like, they got the best quarterback. Like, you can't really think, like, can't be mad at everybody else because everybody else you can't think like that was a bad decision for Mac Jones to kind of go to 15. But it was just like, oh shit, like if he's gonna be here, y'all didn't think he was gonna be that dude. Say what I'll take him. Yeah, and uh it worked out well. Eight-time Pro Bowler in his first eight years, three time on the first team, and he made the all-decade team for the 2010s. And he led the league in punt return yards and, and touchdowns in 2011. So, those, like you said, he came in and did both sides of the ball. Immediately. It's just, and he's still playing great defense to this day. And, about, like, he just got a win yesterday. That's true. But how about you tell me about this next kid on the block? Hey, yeah, you know, there's just some guy that's, you know, I'm not, I, I ain't never really heard about a sight. <laughs> number six out of Alabama the best athlete in the draft. They said they said Patrick Peterson could have been, but this guy was, is the best athlete in the draft at the time. That boy is Julio, my cousin Julio Jones. That ninja was the truth. And they the Falcons gave up an arm and a leg to the Browns to get him. And it was worth everybody. But here's my thing, Paul. We traded away. I believe we traded away five picks to get Julio Jones. Ooh, that's like a Jared Goff Cup trade. But my question is, why do we have to give away so many picks? Why couldn't we just trade like a player or something? Because, uh, like I said, with this draft, it was that lockout on the on the other side. So you can't even trade mm -hmm. your players. You had to trade your draft picks. Give, give me a quick two-minute, one-minute description on what the lockdown meant. You couldn't trade none of your players, even whenever you drafted the player that you did draft. It wasn't official that there would even be a contract for him yet. Like, there was no paperwork being done, so you couldn't even trade the player because technically you didn't even own the rights to your player yet that you just drafted. And uh, and it was just this big – and it was so – it was going for so long that they really might not have played. Like, all these players were being drafted, and there were uh, people – someone coming up later is Jake Locker. He got – drafted by the Angels for baseball. And he was really con contemplating on going over to play for the Angels if they if this draft, if the lockout would go on longer. But that basically explains the lockout. But, yeah, this is crazy. Cleveland traded a number of six overall pick, overall pick to the Atlanta for five draft picks. It's first, second, and fourth round draft picks in 2011, plus this first and fourth round picks in 2012. The Falcons traded up to draft Alabama star Julio Jones to get Matt Ryan a dynamic option on the outside. The Browns, on the other hand, used their picks to get defensive lineman Phil Taylor, receiver Greg Little, fullback Owen, blah, 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 and quarterback, your favorite, Brandon Whedon. <laughs> oh, Whedon. And, and they packaged the other pick to trade for our running back, Trent Richardson, in 2012. So the best thing they got was Trent Richardson while we got Julio Jet Jones and as and he was the number one in yardage in 
for what the entire 2010s, he was considered the best court, the best receiver by by most of his class, and a lot of people understand that he was that motherfucking dude. So that was our best. I think that's our best decision in Falcons history in the last 20 years. Pick up, get go for Julio Jones. Since at least trading, get picking Michael Vick with the first pick. Yeah. I mean, his his big weight that he had that no one else had in this draft class under the scouting reports was game changer. And I think that fits him perfectly. And I think that is true. Seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro team, Hall of uh, on the decade teams for the 2010s. But he has 93.8 yards per game, which is most all-time. Like, for a wide receiver, like, that's crazy to think. Per game, he's averaging the most all-time. He was top three in yards six times, top seven, seven times, top one, three times. So, he really never had a bad season with them boys, unless he was hurt or something, but never once. And you can't forget his his season in 2016, when he had, like, the third most receiving yards all-time. It's just the fact that, like, he would get blanketed, so that's why it was always tough for him to be in the end zone. But when at the beginning, when the chemistry was right, he was young, and he was a red zone, and he was a deep threat, and Matt Ryan was just, fuck it, throwing in a triple coverage. There was nothing you could do about that boy. Nothing. Facts. And he's considered the best out of his uh, generation out of that receiver. Like, and for like, I don't think there's any better receiver from 2010 and on. Facts. So – we had number pick number six. We got like let's just let's do like let's finish out the top ten picks and then we'll move on to something else. Oh yeah, we can actually kind of run because number seven, great Alden Smith, but he only really had two seasons of prominence and then off field issues kicked him out of the league. But he was that dude though. We got to remember that. Hey, how many sacks did he put up in the first two seasons? You it was, tell me. It was thirty three, I think, or thirty three and a half, but it was the most all time. Nice. And his comparison was JPP, so I think they kind of hit the nail on the head. It's just the fact that he couldn't get some off-field issues off the field. He became off the field. But then on the eighth pick, like I said, after Cam Newton, there's a huge cliff when it comes to talents of quarterbacks in the first round. It kind of picks back up in the second round. But this was the first big miss, Jake Locker. He was getting comparisons to Steve Young. He was going to be some potential first-round pick. He had some insane mobility and big arm. To me, it sounded – but he was a project at the position. He would have to be worked on for a couple years. But the raw talent was insane with the way he could run and throw 80-yard bombs. To me, it sounds like he was potentially going to be some type of Josh Allen hybrid. Never panned out. He was nine. What's up? Oh, I am. You can see what you was doing. I was gonna say he was nine and fourteen as a starter. He was hurt almost every year, and he went twenty-seven, twenty-two TD interception ratio. He has no awards, and he was just out of the league after pretty much that. And this is a guy that um, this is a Titans team that hadn't won a playoff game since two thousand three. So like, when they was putting their bets on the quarterback, they were putting their bets on the quarterback. They thought this guy out of Washington was gonna be the one. It happens all the time. Should have got, should have went with defense or O line, because the next guy on the list, Tyron Smith, offensive lineman for the Cowboys. He still plays for them, doesn't he? Yeah, seven time Pro Bowler, two time first team All Pro, a couple times second team, but uh, eight. Hey, he's just that. Like, this was when they're getting their offensive line right for, and then uh. 
becoming that running team and uh, protecting Romo. So he's still a viable piece. Like even to this day, I think he's ranked top 15 at tackle. No, nah, that's a great pick. And like, that's probably one of the best. That was probably one of the best picks until they picked up Zeke. Zeke and Dak, the next, you know, back to back rounds. Cause like that really, that was a lifetime. That's probably one of Jerry Jones' boys. You feel me? Yeah, no. Loves him. The next one is Blaine Gabbert. We don't really need to talk about him. I want to spend more time on it. Like, he was another bust. Unless you have some. I, I said we cut it cut it here because the next one's a splash. And that was yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he done, done, and, done. and this is a good this is a good story because you hit us with a good story on why Blaine Gabbert got it into the top ten. Because if you're from Florida, you remember having to watch Blaine Gabbert because you wanted to watch Maurice Jones do tear people up. So you used to have to watch Blaine Gabbert and just look like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But why did starter? Alex, but why did Blaine Gabbert go to the Japanese Paul? What's their what's your hypothesis? I will give him I will give him some credit because Andrew Luck had declared that he was uh gonna go uh stay back for another year. And uh he was gonna be everyone knew Andrew Luck's gonna be the number one pick or something, the best quarterback we've seen since Payne Manning. So he was gonna go back to Stanford for one more year. And Blaine Gabbert had said he was going to stay for one year, but once once he heard that uh, Andrew Luck was coming back, and I believe there was another quarterback, I just can't remember his name, but there's two quarterbacks that are already going to be first round talents, and Gabbert knew he could not compare. So he was on the way. Way young. Oh, and that was another big thing. Gabbert, he was a super young, not that good, just had this athleticism, didn't pan out. But Tyron Smith is young. He only did like two years in college, and he was 20 years old. That's why he's still going to this day. To this day. But, yeah, that cast the top ten. But, yeah, hey, man, that's been – we're going to be breaking down the 2011 draft because there was a lot of crazy stuff that went down right there. We just want to keep bringing that stuff up and revisiting a little bit of football history because, like, there's a lot of shit. The 2011 draft is cool because, like, a lot of us can remember that happening. That was only 10 years ago. Yeah. Just where were you 10 years ago? And where was your I was, I was literally in the car. I think I was in sixth grade. But I was literally in the car on the way to my step granny's house. And they, they said the first pick of the NFL draft was Cam Newton. And it was crazy because, like, I was a black quarterback that went number one. Like, that was something you don't really see too often. No, nah, 100%. Him and Michael Vick, I think, probably have been the only two at that time. I think this young miter because he was that dude. In college. Oh yeah, I could be wrong though because Vince Young was that dude. Vince, Vince Young, Young was like the Kyler Murray before Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray looked like he watched Vince Young highlights back in the day. Yeah, but yeah, that's 2011 draft class. That's the first ten picks, but we got there's so many picks to go around. We'll hop back into that later on. We got y'all next week, man. Stay tuned, man. 2011 drop. We're keeping you up to date with everything going on, man. And just know we're starting off the next one with a splash. But let's get it, man. Paul, we finna get cracking, man. We're jumping into the Thursday night recap real quick. We had the Steelers and the Vikings. Oh, there was a lot of emotion. The Steelers looked dead for about two and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden, they start 29-0 at one point worth changing the channel over. And then next thing you know, they show life. They start scoring. They get a couple of interceptions. Oh, no, they get one interception, I believe. 
Um, defense starts clamping up. Offense starts moving. Score a couple of touchdowns. You know. Them damn Steelers, man. I chose the purple people eaters because why? I'd be correct about Thursday nights. I just don't be wrong. That's consistent. I'm not even upset with them losing because I need the Steelers. I need some AFC teams to lose for the Dolphins to climb. The Vikings winning had nothing to do with my playoff race, but the Steelers losing meant a lot. The Vikings just told me, like, hey, man, you got – you 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 know something. Like, even though you don't trust them boys, you know something. You know you don't ever pick them. But I like um I like this game because it was a tale of two tapes. If you fell asleep during the third quarter, like um Coach JB said, the coach JB said he did from the Slapdick podcast, which is the whiz. Which is funny that the other coaches say that. I thought that was just a um a coach Stokes thing. But um real with yourself sometimes. Yeah. But um if you doze off, that shit sucks because this game came in clutch. I don't know where big this was a tail two games because it looks like the Steelers quit on them immediately. Like it looked like the Steelers season was kind of over. It looked like they were just gonna only beat teams that they're supposed to beat or beat teams under 500. But nah, this team fought. This team did what they were supposed to do. And even though they lost this game, it was the respect. Because it was what was it, 24 or 22 0? 29 0. At one 20. point, if they would have made that touchdown go to overtime and do whatever. They would have had the biggest comeback in NFL history because it was 28-0 is the biggest come uh, twenty-eight zero is the biggest comeback of all time. Yeah, that's good. That's a long. That's a lot. Yeah, they were but, playing um, history in their hands. So yeah, that shit's insane. They tried to do it and they were close, but like it was. I wonder what was the win like because like they definitely missed back-to-back kicks. Like the Vikings missed the kick, the then he probably missed the PAT, and then the Steelers missed the kick. Like the win had to have been insane out there. I don't think it's bad, actually. I just think they had a few misses, to be honest. Because um, they, they made all the other ones after that. So I was like, I don't know. Did they get catch a gust or something? I have no idea. But I do because uh, Greg Joseph missed, like, an early 50-yarder. But then they missed a couple of points. Uh, I think he missed, like, an extra point. And then Boswell missed his first kick as well. It was just an early uh, uh, missed kicks. But the, by the end of the game, they kind of got their act together. This is cool, but this game really didn't give me what I needed. Because first off, I like how we took a second to talk about the Steelers because don't nobody care about them boys no more. So, TJ Watt, we hope that boy gets – he was out with the um, groin injury after, what, the first quarter? Yeah, I was halfway through the second quarter. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because Dalvin Cook ran all over his defense, having the highest rushing yards. Out of it for um rushing yards in the game this season, what what two hundred and five? Yeah, two touchdowns. Like you know, he got ram drug tested when he got went back into the, um to Vikings HQ today. Like that shit was insane. He ran all over them boys, and there was just nothing they could do. And it was like everybody was out of place. You could tell that T.J. Watt not being there kind of meant meant a lot because the D lineman would be out of place, so the linebacker would have to get in charge for the. Had to go cover for the D linemen and the safeties would have to go cover for them. And like, once somebody starts running all over you like that, that play action is unstoppable. Like that touchdown with Justin Jefferson, he had open because like the safeties gotta be ready for it because like this running backs been getting all the way back, so they've been having to make tackles. So you don't want to be 20, 20 yards down the field 
trying to get a full seam of steam, head of steam, and try to tackle Dalvin Cook. He's not going to look good, especially one on one. It's not going to turn out good for you. So, like, I like this game. This game was lit. Even though the Steelers lost, they showed they're like, Maybe they can be that perp that um that winning record team. They just gotta keep fighting. And when I say fight, I mean fight. Yeah, and a hey, shout out to the Vikings. This was a two minute drive. The offense, it was a one possession game. Well, Steelers had the ball and their defense finally got a stop. They were 0 for eight on two on the two minute drill against uh opposing teams trying to score with their one possession. So, and I will get out. Oh, my bad. Oh, no, but um, that catch from – that drop catch from Veer Mouse, I will say it is catchable ball, but it's not an easy catchable ball. Like, it, if you were seem like, oh, he's on his hands, that's all it needs to be. It's like, yeah, he, as soon as he catches it, Harrison Smith is punching it, and, like, at the same time as it's hitting his hands. Like, that ball is shooting down. So, this isn't no – fucking backyard football, this one-on-one. It's like, no, there's three people on one. The end hit, going NFL speed with NFL talent around you. Uh, so, still a catchable ball. I will say that, though. I will say that, but I will give out two shout-outs. One, Deontay Johnson. That boy got some great catches. Big Ben definitely threw some darts and some great marks. Some are great on-the-point um, on point shots. But um, Deontay Johnson made some great catches. I think the receivers made a lot of great catches because that's what brought them back in this game. Chase Claypool had one on one. And the Vikings defense had a lot of penalties late. I think there's a lot of penalties in the secondary that's kind of caused them to make, to make this game as close as it was. But like the defense, the receivers didn't care. They was getting flagged and the refs was throwing the flag. They were still catching that shit. But Najee Harris stepping up big, being able to catch, catch out the backfield, catch a touchdown, run a touchdown in, and keep that defense honest, really made a difference the second, the second half. Because Big Ben could have kept on those darts, but if that defense didn't have to stay honest, I don't know if he would have been able to, if those if those those already tiny holes would have been as big as they were. So like the margin of error would have turned up. But like shout out them. And lastly. I said Big Ben was a mogul, but on fourth and four, that boy took off and got it. So, hey, man, I'm eating my words right now. That's Ben, ben that's Benny, Benny, Benny from Benji Wheel Shop. Like, that's Benny from the Wheel Shop. Like, I don't know, man. That boy Benji might have a couple. He might have some gas in the tank that he's not telling nobody. Real racing gas. And we'll see going forward with them. They're still on the brink of playoffs. Same with the Vikings. But – Great game though, solid Thursday night. Very good. Uh, Sunday though, we got a lot of games to go through, a lot of good ones. I think this might be the best Sunday yet with the how how even a lot of these games are coming out. We got 49ers at the Bengals. Hmm. Damn, this isn't even as deep of football, because that's a tough one off the top. And that's not even a tough one. That's the first game on the list right there. I'm looking at it. Bengals at home. And they're the underdog. But there's always a recipe that I love to follow. So just give me the Bengals as the home dog here. Joey B's finger might be a little bit swollen, but I think their run game with Joe Mixon. Because the reason why they lost to the Chargers is they tried to make it a shootout early. They didn't try to feed the run game. 
And uh, I think this game they're going to be forced to feed the run game because his finger and he'll still make his play action throws to Jamar Chase. He's still got that connection with him. He ain't no bitch. And then the 49ers, they lose games. Uh, I think Elijah Mitchell might be out with concussion protocol, who's been balling at the running back. So Debo might be back. So he might take some snaps at running back. Who knows? But still, I like the Bengals. I respect that's a great pick. I'm doing the same. I got the Bengals like a motherfucker. But I got the Bengals because Jimmy G threw two um threw two touchdowns, an interception, and 199 yards. George Kittle caught, caught 181 yards and two touchdowns. All somebody that wasn't even on the field five weeks ago is the only reason why that that game that he had a decent, somewhat decent game. So I'm not trusting the 49ers if they're not running the ball. They're not coming ready to run down their throats. I'm not trusting them. But I feel that that's the Bengals' defense is the one thing that they can stop is the run. I don't feel like the run got too crazy last week. They was able to make um, they were able to make stops. So I'm taking the Bengals definitely. And, like, I want to see what Joe Burrow and these young receivers got going on. Because T. Higgins had, like, 14 targets last week for, like, nine receptions. Like, what, like 148 yards. And Joe Jamar Chase does what Jamar Chase does at all times. So, like, I want to see this Bengals team run the table and try to win this division before the season's over. Yeah, and, like, Jamar Chase's drop that turned into an interception last week. Like, what if he just didn't drop it? Like, that was in his hands, had it, and then it pops up and he – tips it over to the receiver like those are little things where you can work on and practice hey bro we're gonna work on this deep ball just get it in your hand and he usually catches it nine times out of ten so the other nine times that's a touchdown i think the 49ers have a great defense so they can scheme and make make flesh to joe burrow and joe burrow showed at times where he's looked not that great and like the 49ers have the defense and the coaches to do that but they got a motherfucking, they got to run the ball. They can't run the ball. They ain't got nothing. And like you said, man, Joe Mixon is the run game. Like, he scored a touchdown like, five straight games, I think. Joe Mixon is the run game right now. He's doing this thing. All right. And then this is a weird 1 o'clock game. I feel like it's kind of awkward having these teams on 1 o'clock. The Cowboys and the Washington football team. Damn. That bitch is at one o'clock. That is kind of ugly because none of them are on this side of the city, this side of the country like that. But yeah, it's gonna be a close one because this is gonna be like, this is gonna be a real division, a division statement because like Washington controls their own destiny because I believe they got what they got like two games against the Cowboys if you count this one, a game against the Eagles and they just beat out uh, who's the other person in the division? The Dirty Giants. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they beat out the Giants already. No, they lost to the Giants on Monday night to that field goal, to that miss. So I'm taking – but I want to take the Cowboys. But, like, I don't know because TJ, I wanted to take the Cowboys until I heard that Jerry Jones was like, yeah, man, it's the receivers. Like, don't blame it on Dak, it's the receivers. Because I'm like, I think it might be the only way around. I think the receivers are making these plays for Dak. So, but I want to see how they come back from university versus a team on a five-game win streak at home. I think uh, it's four games. Four-game win streak at home. They kind of lit right now. 
So it's tough. It's going to be a lit-ass game, but give me who you got. You know who I'm rocking with. We're rocking with the Cowboys on this side. Dak Prescott, Mari, CD, Michael Gallup's healthy. And as a third string, like, he's on that, like, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. Like, when the whole team healthy, who the fuck's going to guard? You can't double-team nobody. So him getting a one-on-one is what he needs. When he's the number one receiver, he gets eight up. But when he's the number three receiver, he's kind of that guy. I respect it. I'm taking – oh, I want to take the Cowboys. I don't trust the Cowboys. because I don't trust the Redskins either. I mean, the football team either. Because, like, the like Cowboys offense – The Cowboys offense has been looking a little, like, shaky. And they had a great game against the Saints. And I feel like the rest of the – Did they play last week? Yeah, they were lost. Yeah, they played and they beat – um. Yeah, they beat the fuck out the Saints. Oh, yeah, so they play on Thanksgiving. So, yeah, they got a rest. So, like, I don't know, because I don't know what that that defense kid on. That defense going to be there lit. They're going to bring the force takeaways from Heineke. They don't have an answer for Scary Terry, but, like, they're going to try to. So, if you're taking the Cowboys, I want to take the Cowboys, but I'm going to take the football team because I'm going to trust in the run game. Antonio Gibson could continue to continue the ball, and like I'm gonna take yeah, I'm gonna take the football team. I like Heineke not to make crazy mistakes. That's all I ask for a quarterback. That's all I can ask for offense: be able to run the ball so we can keep it balanced, and when it is your time to throw, don't make mistakes. You're rocking with two home dogs already, which is okay. But this next game, I know you're taking the weight team. You have the Falcons going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Cam, Scam Newton, mm. hosting Matt Ryan, Caldwell Patterson, Kyle Pitts. Hey, and low-key, Russell Gage, who kind of snapped last week with 120 yards, I believe, 130 yards and 11 catches. That's what that boy does. That's what that boy does. He's, he's, a, good, he's a good, quiet game. But this is gonna be an interesting game because both these teams are very evenly matched. And they were both we're both kind of going for second in division right now. Matt Rule C is hot because you like they go. They fired Joe Brady. Like and that boy out of there. Matt Rule is next. And it's not like and it's because he just has no experience. Like he has no experience. And like it's the Panthers organization as a whole. Like you can't just like they've only drafted defense last year. Like maybe if you got CMC some help. Maybe if you found a quarterback sleeper in the last two years because you've seen that you didn't have one, but now it's getting defense, which is cool. But like, you're always gonna have those same problems that you've been having. So it's an even matchup. Cam Newton versus. I want to see. I wonder who's starting. You know who's starting? I think Cam is starting. So it's gonna be cool to see Cam in Carolina again. I haven't seen that boy there in a minute. I like us to get this dub. I like us to win by like two points because it's a divisional game, 24-26 type type of game. And like 24-22 type of game. And like I just don't want to see Hassan Reddick. That boy has had a half a sack in like the last five games. He's has 10.5 sacks all season. I just don't want to see him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't want no smoke with bro. But look, we gotta get this dub back because we lost to Stefan Gilmore off the pick. So like we gotta get this dub back. But like I don't want to see this on Riddick. What do you think is going to happen? Hey, I will say that their defense is pretty strong. Ryan Burns and um, 
Stephon Gilmore. But it is still beatable. I do. I'm gonna give Matt Ryan. I'm gonna ride the Matt Ryan train one more time, just because I need a couple dogs in my picks. This is my other dog pick here. I think y'all are the better team because if Cam is the starter, he is he could make some mistakes like uh, AJ Terrell on DJ Moore. DJ Moore, who I like, hasn't really shown me anything too crazy this year to show me why why AJ Terrell can't put make him only catch like three catches for 40 cat for, for 40 yards or something. 44% completion percentage when you're throwing it his way. He don't play that boy for real. So, yeah, give me the Falcons on the road. And is always divisional, always going to be close. You said two points. I like the Falcons low-key to put up like seven points. I expect like a, a pick six or something from uh, Tara or something. Just because I – your defense ain't the best, but at the same time, I think Cam Newton is just going to be throwing. Like, I don't know how much Joe Brady's offense was really making a difference, but without him, I don't know if they're going to be lost or what. So It's interesting. Like, there's just, like, a lot of inexperience from the Pat McAfee show that Coach JB was talking about. It. Like, it's just a lot of inexperience. Like, rookie coach, he, he hired a he hired an offensive coordinator that was the co-offensive coordinator at LSU because they had a fucking legendary offense that year. But, like, yeah. if you look Joe at Burrow, everybody Chase, on Chase, Justin Jefferson. If you look at everybody that's on that team, they're still balling to this day. Like, Joe, Joe, Justin Jefferson's having a standout season right now. Crazy. Jamar Chase about to win offensive rookie of the year. Was T. Higgins on that team, or did they just have to oh, play? I think T. Higgins was on there, too. So yeah, they're not playing. They could recreate that team. It'd be cool if that team got back together one day. Justin Jefferson made his way to Cincy one day. But like only on that's a dream that they can keep dreaming. But like it's gonna be an interesting game, man. I wanna see what goes down. It's cause their coaching is their coaching is really hot right now. You don't know if they're gonna fire them boys, but like the NFL has short attention spans and we know this. No, that's true. Uh, so next game, we have another divisional game. We have the Titans hosting the Jaguars. Give me the Titans. I don't really need to say much. I think Tannehill might run one, throw two. Julio Jones is going to be back. Um, and that little committee run game they got is going to be enough to beat Urban Meyer and the Jaguars on the road. See, I need a raw as a puffer jacket for, like, when the Titans play, so I can have my own, so I can have my Julio Jones shirt on all the way in the cup while nobody's looking to zip all the way up. And when them boys, when, when he make a play, zip it down like, and then zip that bitch all the way back up all incognito. Because I definitely got the Titans busting them boys, but like, I like the Jaguars to keep it, to be a little closer. You know how division games get. And this is the game that the Jaguars have a chance to win. I don't know why, but it just feels like this is a game that, like, Trevor Lawrence won't have to go drive down fourth quarter because, you know, I'm not a fan of that boy. If that – if it's a two-man drill, let's not give it to him. Let's let our defense make a play or something. But it's going to be a good – it's not going to be a good game. It's going to be a divisional, probably real close to first and second games. And first and second quarter, and then they make their adjustments, their adjustment for third or fourth. But I'm taking the Titans most definitely. Yeah, easy one. I have a feeling. But 
it's interesting to me because like I want to keep watching Ryan Tannehill because like I don't know if he's a he's a contender, but like how long for how long? That's true, but I don't think he's gonna fall off against the Jaguars per se. Maybe whenever he pulls up on the on the Miami Dolphins defense, we're gonna be talking a different story. But what's what do you like on? I know you hate this team, but I know I don't think he's gonna blind you on your pick. You had the Saints going to New York to play the Jets. Taysom Hills playing with a fucking broke finger. Hey, Tua did it. Stop bitching. We look fine. So, mm-hmm. who you like here? This is going to be the first time I've ever done this all season. Give me the Jets. No, you dirty son of a bitch. I'm picking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. <laughs> I trust them this week. Them boys is due for a win. Don't ask me That's why. crazy, bro. I like, I like Robert Salalalala. They have a hundred, a hundred options that to stop this, these quarterbacks. And even though they're coming off the bye, I don't like them to come back a different team. Like, I got the Jets. And I'm genuinely hoping the Jets win because, like, the Saints lose out and they play us, they're going to play us their hardest. So, like, we're going to give them that uh, that last L in the row. That's so great. I never picked the Jets. But I, I thought you were going to go in and tell me how the Saints defense is going to win this game. Taysom Hill sucks. But their defense is good enough to beat Zach Wilson and the Jets. But no, I'm on the same boat as you. Give me the Jets. Give me Zach Wilson. Give me this defense who kind of plays pretty good at home every now and then. I just don't think Taysom Hill's the guy. And I think it takes him getting exposed on uh to really show like shine the light on the case here. And give me the Jets at home. Then we got, oh shit, another divisional game. We have the Raiders playing the Chiefs in Arrowhead. This is terrible because, like, I want to I want to say something's going to switch because, like, I don't like the Chiefs' offense to play as good as they did that game Sunday night, in my opinion, because, like, they balled out against the Derrick and the boys, but, like, they haven't looked that good since, and I don't like them to play. I don't like this defense, which is a pretty exciting defense, to just allow these teams to keep coming and balling on them like that. So I'm taking, I'm taking the Chiefs, but I, this is another game where, where I, and this is in um, this is in um, in um, Las Vegas, isn't it? No, it's in Arrowhead. They got blown oh. out in Las Vegas earlier this season. Oh, I was about to say, give me the home dog, fuck it. But now I'm gonna take the Chiefs because that's smart. Because this defense. This defense continues to play like they play. Like, I don't know if the offense can continue scoring less than 20 points and expecting a win come play come January, but they can continue doing what they're doing now though. So yeah, give me the Chiefs, even though I want to take Derek and the boys. I really want to take Derek. No, and I, I feel like they're about to do something funny. Last time we didn't listen to our guts was when the Titans were playing the Texans. Titans are on a winning streak. And this is how I'm feeling right now because the Chiefs are on a winning streak. Give me the Raiders. My gut's telling me the same thing your gut's telling you for whatever reason. Like, the offense for the Chiefs have only scored 20 twice in one of the games. They got a pick six. I don't expect them to get a pick six on my boy Derek. Give me the Raiders. 
That's crazy. We're going to see what happens. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'd be happy if Derek and the boys got a dub because they, I'm always happy when the boys get a quick little dub, but I just don't trust it because, like, y'all got fucked up on um, prime time. Like, let's just be smooth. What time they play? Four o'clock or one? One o'clock. It's an early game. Yeah, half, half the people aren't even going to, half the fans aren't even going to get up and watch this shit. This is, the, this is the issue, though. We haven't seen Jackson Mahomes' brother on the field in a little while. And since they've been winning, and this is supposed to be an easy win, I, that motherfucker going to be on the field doing a uh, 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 uh. And then boys are going to lose and get their shit packed and sacked. Damn, that shit crazy. They be in that bitch, but, like, it was, it was good while it lasted. Yeah, he, he's going to come back in thinking it's shit sweet. Mm. That's it. That's it gonna be fun. But what's the next game, man? What's the blitz, man? This is an easy one, I think. Seahawks against the Texans, who have finally declared uh, Davis Mills as their starter. Tyrod's on yeah. the bench, and you will never catch him picking picking the Texans again. I I got the Seahawks most definitely, especially after that win. Rush had like a ninety nine passer rating, like one on one. He had a decent little passer rating last game. So like I'm trusting Russ to come back, just have a nice game. I don't I don't like him to go crazy and drop. Maybe he'll go three or five, but I don't like him to go like four hundred and four touchdowns. Like he should, because he's a Texan. The Texans ain't really got too many answers for a quarterback of his versatility. But I'm taking the Seahawks most definitely. Yeah, I you can sum it up in the three words for this pick. The Texans are dead. Give me the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, another one I think might be a little easy, but it got a little shaky because COVID poked their nose into it. The Chargers without Keenan Allen now, and maybe no Mike Williams versus Giants in LA. Give me, oh, I don't know. I don't think Daniel Jones is playing yet, so give me the Chargers with Jay Herbo. Oh, 100%. You didn't have to ask me twice, but. This defense is gonna piss Jay Herbo off. I'm calling it now because like the char the, the Giants know how to stop one thing. If they can confuse the quarterback, they're gonna do it all day. That is true. That Bradbury and that defense is not bad, but I just don't think they had the offensive talent to score points. How do you feel about this one? Divisional game. This is big for playoffs. The Browns hosting the Ravens. And the Browns are favorite at home. Mm, it's interesting that the Browns are favorite at home because, like, they just played and, like, Baker was banged up and they're coming off a of bye week, so they got a little bit more time. But, like, I don't know, man. I don't know because, like, Lamar and the boys is in the lab right now. So this is going to be the definition of show. It's like, okay, y'all threw four interceptions. You threw the last the last game. I missed the timing on the last, the last play. So what can y'all do to make what, – what are y'all going to – what did y'all do to get together? But here's my thing about them that doesn't – usually I'd be like, Lamar, he got it, but, like, I don't know. Because Marlon Humphrey's out, and that was a very important part of the defense. Right. It's next man up. It's next man up. But at the end of the day, I've seen the reasons why that the Ravens boy went from that 
team, even though they was number one in the AFC last week, they went from that team that people were thinking could possibly be Super Bowl contenders and like the Margot MVP to the like, dang, these boys is winning the division. Are y'all sure? And I think that's really because of that defense. Like, without that defense and without running the ball, without the, they don't, they're not really playing Ravens football, like Tony Dungy said. So, like, that's going to be the error. So, I'm taking Lamar all day, but like, the Browns have a chance to settle themselves. And that's, I know we're not bums, but like, I think they bums. I think they're just going to look like bums. Tell me now, but give me the Browns. Most definitely. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I don't like it. I just think they're just going to feed the run game. And this is a corn. This is a secondary that Baker can beat. And on paper, it's going to look good because, oh, it's the Ravens and Baker. But they're so banged up that there's a lot of quarterbacks that could probably beat him with, especially with the tight ends that he has and the scheme that he's in and running backs and everything. So he's. I think he actually might have a pretty decent game. And nah, no cap, but hey, man, if Baker and them boys look good, they have two weeks to prepare for this game. So if they look good, this is their chance. Because all they have to do last game was score more than 14, and they would have been able to win, like not easily, but they would have been able to win barely slighted without being slighted. Yeah. The next game, another blowout, I think. We got the Broncos hosting the Lions. You think – and the Lions are hit with flus. Everyone on the team, not everyone, but a lot of people on the team got flu. Yep. Fade the Lions. This what the sports the podcast. Fade the fade after a win, fade the Lions. That's what the sports gambling podcast is talking about. Fade the Lions after a win. The Lions and the Jets, I'm gonna fade them every time. Yeah, and low key. We play the Jets next week, and I went into my pick for picking the Jets this week. Because if they win this week, no way we're losing next week. That's it, real, man. Yeah, so, yeah, give us Teddy B. Give us Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertain, Kyle Fuller. They're not no slouches. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm not a member of Bronco County. I'm not a car carrier. I don't even stop to Bronco County to get gas. And I'm a hard line. I'm a, I got nothing but love for the lines. But hey, fade the lines after a win. Fade them. Yeah, especially how emotional they got after that win. I was like super happy. It was a close. It was a, it was a hard fight game, which is like all the games. But this one went in their favor this time. So it felt good. I respect it. Well, with the late 4 o'clock game at 425, we got – it's a good one. We got the Buccaneers at Raymond James hosting the Buffalo Bills coming off a loss against the Patriots. These games are interesting to me because, well, first off, that loss against the Patriots where y'all boys was in the, in the cold and snow. So, like, I have a theory that the Bills are going to ball out because – they can play in the sun. I feel like they get a week. They you get them some time away from that fucking cold and let them let them throw some accurate passes and I have to worry about fifty mile wind gusts. Get the juices flow. I think this this game is gonna be good. I wish they had Jadavius White so I could feel a little more comfortable picking that secondary to make some moves. But like I like the I want to take the Bills. I don't think the Bills are the better team, but I like, I'm like i going to take the Bills on this one. 
their uh, defensive, I think defensive line or linebacker, uh, Star Star Louis. I, I can't, I don't remember his name, but it's like Star something. I know he's out as well for the Bills. Every, I don't know. Is, is your gut telling you to take the Bills? Kind of. It's like, I just feel like the Bills are going to play a lot better because I don't think they play bad in the snow. I just think like they didn't adjust for the snow. They couldn't stop what. You should have been ready for Bill Belichick to run all over the place. And, like, I just didn't think they took that shit as serious as they, they could have. But, like, I want to pick the Bucks because I feel like the Bucks are a better team. But, like, I don't like the scheme. Like, I like the Bills in this one right here. Just give me the Bucks because they're already down one star cornerback. And even if you have all your starter cornerbacks, no matter what team you are, the Buccaneers is a hard team to line up against. So if you're down one, they already got the advantage on you. I don't like it, but at the same time, if the Bills lose, I think we're right next to them come next week when it comes to, like, rankings. Buccaneers. That's going to be interesting, man. Y'all boys really shut up on their ass. Yeah, and the Buccaneers, their defense is always pretty solid. I, I, I kind of believe in your theory, though, that – this team, because they did lose at home against the Steelers, and they, I think they lost a few games at home in the cold, in the wind. But anywhere, every time they travel, they win. So they might travel and put up 30, but I just think the Bucs are going to put up 33 on their ass, and they win. Let's see, man. I bet it's going to be cool. Be, I wanna, let me know if you see any Bills Mafia people in Tampa, man. Tell them we got tables for them at the Toby Blitz podcast. Nah, for real. But – I think this should have been the primetime game, but the primetime game at 820 on Sunday night is uh, the Green Bay Packers versus the Aaronville Bears. <laughs> That's why I'm actually rocking this shirt today. I, I was really, I was, uh, I already had a shirt on it, and I saw this in the corner of my, in my closet, and I was like, oh, hold on, let me put this shirt on before we record. Is it? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers' primetime football tonight when Aaron Rodgers beats the crap out of the Bears and Lambeau. That's funny as fuck. That's funny as fuck. I just don't understand. The Bears get so many primetime games. It amazes me. And I understand it's a historic franchise, a historic rivalry. They probably showed a bunch of videos and all that good stuff. But, like, the Bears got a lot of primetime games. They, they got a lot of good business over there. I'm not going to lie to them. But you know who I got in this one. I got the mayor, Aaron Rodgers, so, over there. And Justin Fields is coming back, right? Yep. After Andy Dolan's poor performance, their motherfuckers is just like, yeah, we're putting Justin Fields back in. All of a sudden, he feels way better. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the mayor in this one. I like the mayor. That's it. Straight up. And I think the spread, I know we don't talk spreads a lot, but this is the huge spread. I think it's the biggest of the week. And it was well, like, uh, yeah. How do you think the Packers are winning by like two touchdowns? Or is this going to be yeah. a seasonal game? Yes. No, it's two touchdowns. Maybe two. Like, here's the thing because the Packers own, the Aaron Rodgers own Soldier Field and Chicago, any Chicago, any, anything Chicago has to do with the Bears. Aaron Rodgers owns that. He has the deeds. But here's the thing. When you come to Lambeau, you got to deal with the whole pack and the cheese head. Like, if y'all can't handle business at home, when y'all are the largest, like, nah, y'all ain't got shit. Your people? 
Yeah, y'all ain't got shit to do now. Y'all barely figuring out who's going to start this week. <laughs> yeah, like I said, give me the Packers, but good teams win, great teams cover. I think the Packers are blowing the Bears out of the water. Two touchdowns, that's easy. I like it. I love it. I'm and not going to lie to you. Monday night, another banger. Divisional games left and right. The Rams going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Both coming off wins. Monday night football, how do you feel? It's interesting because, like. They didn't miss with this game. This is a banger. It's go, It's interesting because, like, this, this is game, like, first off, the Cardinals are already solidified. Now it's kind of like, can they get home field advantage? Can they get to number one? The power rankings, you know, the power rankings don't matter. But the Rams, like, yo, y'all are, y'all are the best team and there's a drop-off after you when it comes to playoffs. So y'all are going to make the playoffs, but, like, what good teams can y'all really, 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 really beat? Because I just said that the Bucks might lose to, um, to the Bills, and which are both good teams, but, like, the Rams aren't beating the best of the best. So, like, can they even get a dub? And this is in Arizona, right? Is, yep. is he? Can they get a dub against against the chosen ones? The chosen ones who then got the rest off. I don't like it. Hey, they got on the Cardinals. They got Chase Edmonds coming back off of IR for this week. Now James Conner won't be the starter. DeAndre Hopkins going to be one game healthier. Same with Kyler Murray. And all that won't be enough to beat Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup in the Rams. You think so? Yes, I, I think so. Them boys are coming in with the heater. They won their last game. I know against the Jaguars, and it, it doesn't matter. But sometimes all that takes is that one game to be the Irish. Let's get our shit together. Because if we beat the Cardinals here, I think this is going to set up to make things a little bit more interesting in this conference at the, in the for these next couple of weeks. Because if they beat them here – See what happens, make some things shake. But yeah, give me the Rams. I think this is everyone's been everyone's on the Cardinals to the point where everyone's saying, like, oh yeah, like Matthew Stafford stinks, the Rams aren't that good, they don't, they don't beat nobody. And I think this, this is just calling them the MVP not too long ago. Yeah, so I think give me, give me, give me the Rams to kind of quiet some crowds because this uh to on Monday night in front of the big lights. Give me Matty Ice. Nice. Even though that's not Matty Ice. Bro. Yeah, that's not. But that's Matty Ice. Like, as long as he don't throw no pick six. But, like, that's an athletic ass defense. I don't like that boy um, to make no crazy moves. I'm just mad that they've been getting away from the run game. Like, Henderson ain't really going to have no games for real. I don't know if he's still playing. He's like, last game. But he came back, but Sonny Michelle had all the carries because he was hurt, like trying to not keep him, not trying to re-aggravate the injury. Well, they got that thorough thing from the from the Packers. And like, if they can pull this win off, then they then then they don't take two L's in a row, and they're gonna continue to be that like that borderline. I'm gonna just catch some good matchups. Like, let me just keep winning. Let me just keep winning. See if I can win the division. But if they catch this L right here. They're gonna be solidified as the number like three or four or five, like in the playoffs. And I'm not saying like picture, I'm talking like y'all are not gonna be like 
even though people, a lot of people are taking me to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna say the names here, but um, y'all boys, y'all boys, most of y'all boys aren't that that level yet. Y'all need to get some chemistry, some chemistry. Yeah, and uh, everyone knows there's always fun watching D Hop versus Jalen Ramsey coming from the Texans and the Jaguars. They've seen a lot of each other, and it always all the time. All the time. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of similar tale on the tape where, like, the D-line, you got A.J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, to uh, Buda Baker in the backfield, the Jalen Ramsey, like, and then on the offense, Cooper Cup and DeAndre Hopkins, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. With a little good run game on both sides, but not great, but good with Daryl Henderson and then James Conner and uh, – I feel like James Conner is a little more versatile. Like, he's going to get that one-hand grab like he did last week. When they use Chase Edmonds in the backfield more, he's just coming off IR. He was leaning the receptions, and then Conner usually gets the the, the bulk of the rush work. He's got a trade for Joe Mixon. <laughs> but, yeah, give me the Rams. I like that. That makes it interesting. Some of the games, I kind of like that because I didn't expect this to be on the Jets together, but I do like so- how – on opposite sides on some of the bigger games, like the Bills and the Rams and the Ravens and the Chiefs. It's going to be a fun week, a fun-ass week. I make sure I get a lot of sleep Saturday because I'm trying to really get articulate and peep out. I want to peep the whole league now because yeah, I want to see who's, who's really in a playoff mode. Yeah, and I'm paying attention to the AFC teams. I'm kind of rooting for more of the NFC teams to win on the, on the high because I just need to – because we might have we have a bye this week, and we might pop up a little bit better in the rankings if some of these AFC teams lose this week without us doing nothing. Not rankings, but in the in the hunt status of everything. It's gonna be good. Let's see, man. I want to. I was like, I haven't ever kind of jumped out once this season, but like, except for when y'all got me wrong against the Bills, that shit hurt. But um, I want to see y'all boys been winning. Like y'all got the formula. Y'all got. Like your energy, your power is in your hands right now because that seven seed is up for grabs. 100% keeps everything fun. But with that note, lead us out, Kev. Bust it down for everybody. It's time to break it down one more time for y'all boys. I've been over here like Pat's, what's it called, going in and out because the nigga been going through it. Niggas be on the grind. You're not on the grind. You're on your grind, the bitch. Motherfucking, it's been, it's been your boy, Lil KK, your bitch. That boy Paul Pickham winning concert with the big beard and the bigger bankrupt. Yeah, bitch. No cloud goggles this week for y'all. Why? Because y'all some bitches. But hey, man, this has been a totally blitz podcast, dog. If you watching this still, I fuck with you the long way, man. My, my barber fuck with you the long way, man. Y'all gonna keep him paid one day. Paul fuck with you the long way, man. And we gonna keep and we gonna keep making moves the long way. We've been plotting on a lot of good stuff. Hey, shout out anybody making moves. Them boys, Pat McAfee signed, what, four years, 120 mil. Shout out anybody making moves. Anybody anybody making boss moves, making big plays and getting checks. Because we up next, though. That's all we got to say about it. But, hey, man, we fuck with y'all the long way. And it's been another episode. What is this? Episode 27 of Totally Blitz. Yeah, bitch. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools, you can call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your passes. This ain't nothing.